You're listening to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. The civil war in Yemen has lasted more than six years. It has spawned, among other things, a massive humanitarian crisis, one which prompted the United Nations to warn that as many as 40,000 children may die from starvation this year. Now, a battle over the resource-rich city of Marib has outside countries concerned the war may last even longer. What's at stake? Ryan Bowles is here with guidance. He's Stratfor's Middle East and North Africa analyst at Rain. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Emily. It's no secret that Yemen is a complicated civil war. Can you remind us who the main actors are and what have they been trying to accomplish? Yeah. Uh, so we'll take a step back and look at the primary, both internal and external actors in the Yemeni civil war. Uh, At its core, the Yemeni civil war is a struggle by the Houthi movement uh, against the internationally backed government of President Mansour Hadi. Uh, This is the simplest way to break down the civil war, but it's certainly not the whole story. Uh, The Houthis are a religious militant movement with associations with the Shia Islam. Their their beliefs are not very common outside of Yemen, uh, and they're based in the north. Uh, President Mansour Hadi, on the other hand, is what remains of the unified Yemeni government that was very much upended by the Arab Spring in 2011. Those events eventually caused power struggles and resignations that allowed the Houthi movement to go from being a splinter movement uh, inside of a single province, Sa'ada, north of the capital city, Sana'a, uh, into an actual militant movement able to take and hold territory across the whole of the north. So we have that one layer there. Uh, The next layers, however, include the Houthis' association with Iran and factoring into Iran's regional strategy. Uh, The Houthis are not exactly what we would call an Iranian proxy, the way that Hezbollah in Lebanon is. Rather, they are an ally who act on behalf of Iran when it suits Houthis' interests. That, in turn, has spurred concern from Saudi Arabia, Iran's rival, that's trying to roll back Houthi power and make them no longer a threat on Saudi Arabia's southern border. So we have the international dimensions of this conflict as well, with the Saudis backing the Hadi government, the Iranians backing the Houthis, and the United States and Europeans trying to find a resolution to the civil war that alleviates the humanitarian crisis and assuages some of Saudi Arabia's security concerns about the growth of the Houthi movement. So it's multi-layered. We have both the internal Yemeni struggle, the regional Iran versus Saudi Arabia struggle, and then the international Uh, movement to try to alleviate the humanitarian crisis there. So the Biden administration is no doubt going to differ from the previous administration. How might that change America's approach to Yemen? Well, the Biden administration is re-emphasizing human rights in American policy abroad, and they're starting with the, the biggest actions in regards to the Yemen conflict. The United States doesn't have a direct strategic interest in regards to whether or not the Houthis are are rolled back to their old province or who is exactly in charge of Yemen so long as the Red Sea remains open and counterterrorism operations are able to continue against groups like ISIS and al-Qaeda that that do have a presence in Yemen. So long as those two conditions are met, the Americans are, are, are able to work with whatever government is there. Uh, That's allowed them the the leeway to push the Saudis to hold off on some of their bombing campaigns, to be more careful about the way that Saudis apply military pressure to the Houthis in an attempt to build up confidence, 
uh, amongst the Houthis as well as the Saudis towards getting peace talks. Uh, this is a different way of approaching Yemen than from what the Trump administration did, where the Trump administration gave more backing to the Saudis and were more willing to shield them from congressional and American political pressure to hold off on attacks that might result in civilian casualties in Yemen. Ryan, at the beginning of this conversation, I mentioned the city of Marib. How does the ongoing battle of Marib factor into the U.S. and Saudi Arabia strategies for Yemen? Right. So Marib is a central Yemeni city. It's been a front line throughout most of the civil war. It, it sits on most of Yemen's uh, oil and gas reserves, which aren't big compared to Saudi Arabia, but they're substantial for Yemen. And this city is key to controlling some of the most uh, vibrant economic resources in Yemen. It also controls a nearby dam that's important for agriculture throughout the whole country. The country is very water scarce. So the battle for Marib, as it's been going on recently since the beginning of February 2021, is a Houthi attempt to take ground, possibly even take the city itself and its dam and and its uh, energy reserves, in an attempt to build up leverage against the Saudis and the the Hadi government at what they expect to be negotiations. But as the Houthis are doing this, they're undermining the possibility uh, of talks happening because the Saudis and the Hadi government are very unlikely to accept permanent Houthi control of these energy reserves and of this water supply. So it it creates a a conundrum where the incentives are forcing the two main actors, the, the Hadi administration and the Houthis, into conflict. That's undermining the progress towards the peace talks that the United States wants to see and that to a large extent Saudi Arabia would like to see moving forward too. As an aside note, Ryan, I imagine the Saudis aren't gonna let the Houthis capture that city, correct? They will do their utmost to prevent the fall of the city, but there's no guarantee that Saudi Arabia will be able to do something to support keeping that for the Hadi administration. And the big reason is that the Saudis have never really sent in, uh, despite their large army, they have never really sent in tens of thousands of troops that might change facts on the ground. The Saudis are casualty averse, their forces are inexperienced in a war like this, and there's no guarantee that even with tens of thousands of troops deployed to Yemen, the uh, Saudis wouldn't end up in their own version of Vietnam, where a quagmire. And in history, actually, the Egyptians sent tens of thousands of troops to Yemen in the 60s to to try to defeat rebels there. And they ended up suffering many casualties and they eventually went home defeated. And the Saudis don't want to end up in that situation. So so Marib is a place where uh, strategically things are being balanced on the knife's edge. And it's a possibility that the Houthis are able to take the city, even though the Saudis are militarily superior because the Saudis have been holding off on deploying their full power. Ryan Bowl is Stratfor's Middle East and North Africa analyst at Rain. Ryan, thank you. Thank you, Emily. You can stay up to date on the geopolitics of the Yemen crisis and the larger Middle East and North Africa region with Stratfor Worldview. Sign up for our free newsletter. Details are at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thank you for listening.